This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and supporting listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter today. Ha-cha! Hi, this is Adam Hughes. I'm the artist of this year's Hellboy Christmas special, Hellboy Krampusnacht, and you are listening to the Two-Headed Nerd Podcast with Joe and Matt. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is specifically my pleasure to welcome you to episode 464 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast. It's my pleasure, and I'm taking it back. My name is Matt Baum. You're damn right it's not my pleasure, because I've got a bone to pick with you. Oh, great. I just listened to last week's episode with Wooly Toots, and you shit all over the Book It program. I did. Calling it a pyramid scheme. It's totally a pyramid to scheme. To scam parents into buying books. That's not what Book It was. I don't need no liberal, democratic Book It coming in and tearing in my kids into soft Hillary Clintons. That's not what <laughs> Book It was. Book It was a reading encouragement program that rewarded kids for reading. You didn't have to buy shit. Sounds like bullshit. <laughs> book It's the reason no, that I'm an avid no- reader. And that I'm here today. I so. have no problem with Book It. I had a problem with the Bookmobile. That was bullshit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was even older. You got to give cheap books to kids so that they'll read. Yeah, but it was garbage. They weren't giving them good books. They were giving them the Back to the Future 2 novelization. <laughs> that was just bad luck. My name is Joe Patrick, and I am happy to announce my return and the health of my man parts after being treated for a moloid bite last week. Each week, Matt and I will discuss Wednesday's new comics, comic book movies, TV, news, and use our cadaver pugs to sniff out the gore-covered rumors in the horror show that is the internet. And it has been horrifying lately. Joey, speaking of horror, it's almost Halloween! So I've shaved my head and I've drawn a perfect grid system on my skull. Now all you have to do is hammer these nails into the dots and I will I'm in. I don't have I'm in. I get it. I'm in. You were supposed to talk me down. Oh no, I'm ready. (laughs) While I get my hammer ready, why don't we review 10 of this week's new comics for the Ludicrous Speed Round? Ludicrous Speed! Go! Fighting American, number one from Titan Comics. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Jack Kirby's Fighting American is back, spinning right out of the pages of wherever it was we saw him last, but it was definitely not Rob Liefeld's awesome comics version that he got sued for. Writer Gordon Rennie's American picks up where Simon and Kirby's story left off, I guess. This time, F.A. and his partner, Speedboy, which I don't really get that name at all. Speedboy. Are thrust into the future, or at least into today. And they're still chasing Soviet criminal mastermind, Poison Ivan. Of course, F.A. and Speedy might not be ready for 2017, and vice versa. Rennie's script lifts the cheesy Silver Age fighting American dialogue and plants it smack dab in a modern day, along with the character not trying to hide any of that cheese. It's a nice choice rather than the typical make the character dark and gritty update stories we've been getting every week from other classic character updates. Fighting American is a fun take on Kirby and Simon's short-lived Captain America homage that respects the source material while telling a compelling story with fantastic art by Duke Mighton. I'm giving it a buy it. Catalyst Prime, Astonisher, number one from Lion Forge, 32 pages, it's $3.99. Magnus Atarian, the Elon Musk of the Catalyst Prime universe, used his vast wealth and scientific know-how to save Earth from total destruction at the hands of a giant asteroid. That is how you name a fictional character. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) For his trouble, Atarian is broke 
viewed as a failed joke and has a body riddled with meteor fragments. Just like you. Yeah. Magnus soon learns that these fragments, the same ones that are bestowing super abilities all over the world, allow him to travel into the minds of those infected by the alien rocks. Gross. As their nightmares give life to literal monsters in the real world. And instead of using this ability to help those in need, Magnus sees it as his ticket back to the big time. This was a really fun addition to the Catalyst Prime universe, courtesy of writer Alex DeCampi and artist Popman. This was a really fun addition to the Catalyst Prime universe, courtesy of writer Alex DeCampi. It's a cool concept brought to life by the solid art by industry veteran Popman. I've no doubt that Magnus will eventually learn the painful lesson about what it takes to be a hero. But right now, I'm totally on board his adventures as a super-powered, opportunistic dirtbag. Astonisher number one gets a buy it. Every time you see Pop Man's name, I think of the character from Community that would say Pop Pop. Magnitude. <laughs> Magnitude. Pop Pop. Pop Pop. <laughs> Dan Dare, number one from Titan. It's 32 pages for $3.99. I miss Magnitude. I do too. I came into this comic not knowing a damn thing about Dan Dare other than he was, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, the UK's Buck Rogers. Buck Rogers came first. Danny originally premiered in UK comics back in the 1950s as the 1990s best space pilot. They thought the future was going to be a lot more exciting than the 90s actually were. Here, writer Peter Milligan has updated the character and flung Dan into the far future where he's still dealing with his old nemesis, an alien race known as the Mekon, who used mind control to convince people of Earth to make him their ruler. Sound like anyone we know? Of course, Dan and the gang put a stop to Mekon's plan, and now Dan finds himself living in a golden age of peace and complete boredom. The art by Alberto Foch has a slick but not overly detailed look that reminded me of 2000 AD Master Carlos Ezcazera and does a wonderful job fleshing out Dare's bright color but still pulpy-looking future world. Dan Dare number one was a fast-paced, fun read that does an excellent job holding onto the spirit and camp of an old pulp character while reintroducing him to modern readers. Nice job, Titan. I'm giving it a buy it. Batman, White Knight, number one from DC. It's 32 pages. It's $3.99. Set in a world where he's cured of his insanity and homicidal tendencies, the Joker, now known only as Jack Napier, sets about trying to right his wrongs. First, he plans to reconcile with Harley Quinn, and then he'll try to save the city from the one person who thinks he's truly Gotham's greatest villain, Batman. I would say Harley Quinn's probably a little too far gone. Let that X go. Hey, you know. Smoking hole in the ground. Punk rock Jesus creator Sean Murphy sets his sight on Gotham City for the latest Elseworlds tale that DC refuses to label as such. And boy, is it beautifully drawn. And surprisingly, his portrayal of a cured Joker is actually convincing. White Knight has a really fun concept as Batman and the Joker pass by each other at the time clock of insanity, like Ralph Wolf and Sam Sheepdog from the old Looney Tunes cartoons. But this issue is so Wordy. Yeah, that's what I heard. I hope that Murphy learns to rein in his dialogue as he grows as a writer because his ideas are great. For now, though, Batman White Knight gets a strong skimmit because, boy, was it just a... It was a lot. Not enough gore, too much Lubinsky. There you go. <laughs> God complex number one from Image. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Greek mythology meets technology and writer Paul Jenkins' vision of a digital future populated by masked rulers named after Greek gods. Our main character is a digital forensics investigator. And I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean either. But he's assigned to the murder of three church alkalites, or as future cops call them, sackbacks. 
Whoa. Yes. Sounds racist. I guess. I don't know. Jenkins' script is fine here. Think future police procedural. But as the story moves on, both the art and the script just get bogged down in future speak and digital effects. God Complex is a solid premise and a very strong artist that took on a huge job fleshing out Jenkins' story. But I found the techno jargon to be as distracting as the digital effects and even tiresome as the story moved along. I can only give it a skim. Fair enough. Ragman, number one from DC, 32 pages, 299. Apparently, they did the worst job ever with a solicit. They sure did. <laughs> uh, I have good news about the Ragman reboot. The nonsense about DC changing the character's last name, but not his first name, yeah. was just a typo. What the hell? They just, they must have, somebody must have been thinking about Roy Harper and Ro- Rory on. Harper. But this stars Rory Reagan. A war veteran plagued by the death of his partners after a failed mission to raid a tomb in the Israeli desert. As Rory battles his guilt back in Gotham City, he discovers that what was in that tomb has followed him home, and it's hungry. It always does. I know. And it always is. In this gritty reboot of Ragman, who was already pretty gritty, I actually think that writer Ray Fox has made the character less compelling than the previous version. Rory used to be part of a long line of Ragmen, uh, corrupt soul hunters tied closely to his cultural and religious heritage. Now he's just some kind of tomb raider being cursed for the actions of his team. <laughs> There's no reason to root for the guy at all. The art by Inaki Miranda is perfectly serviceable here, but the character design is terrible. And if you want to hear me rail about this a little bit more, go to twitternerd.com where I have written about it. All right. Instead of just reminding fans how cool the character always was, Ragman has been put through an unnecessary reboot straight out of the New 52 playbook. I'm giving it a leave it. I wonder if this was part of the New 52 that they didn't print. Well, let's try it now or something. Well, but I, I think he showed up a while back, though. I don't know. The Wildstorm, colon, Michael Cray, number one from DC. It's 32 pages for $3.99. I have much longer thoughts on this book, too, which you can read about <laughs> at TwoHeadedNerd.com. <laughs> Warren Ellis' relaunch of The Wildstorm has been wonderful, not just in the sense that Ellis, a veteran of the Wildstorm heyday, realized that these characters need their own universe, mainly because each is an homage to well-known characters with a real-world slant. But for some reason, this Michael Cray book decides to fold DC continuity back into Wildstorm Sort of, kind of, but with a twist. No, not really. Which leaves me asking, why? The Wildstorm smashed into the DCU was a complete and utter failure. We all agree on that. Across the board. It not only marginalized some of Wildstorm's strongest characters, Apollo and the Midnighter, it also completely neutered the Martian Manhunter. So why? Why in the name of John Johns are we doing this again? Writer Brian Hill does a good enough job of introducing us to the new Michael Cray, but left me with plenty of questions. This is not a spoiler because it's in the solicit, but Cray is sent to murder Oliver Queen. Yes, Green Arrow, that Ali Queen. But, and I'm not totally certain here, it's not the latest Green Arrow that I've learned to tolerate in the DC Rebirth. No, it's... It's Why a, are you acting like it's such a goddamn mystery? It's not the DC Earth. I get it. So why do this? It, this is a new Wildstorm There's Green Arrow. There's different versions of Clark Kent on every Earth in the multiverse. I Why would the Wildstorm Earth be any different? I don't need it, and I don't like it. It's their world. Harris's art is, and I'm going to try and be respectful here, to a working artist that's way more talented than I ever will be, but it's weird and not in a good way characters stand in strange poses in some panels and their eyes or noses are just odd. I will give you this. 
I agree that the art was not strong. It was weird, and it's it it's got a lot of weird proportional problems. Yeah. It's the anatomy is off, in, especially in the face. I don't know what the creators are going for here, and it feels like a huge departure from the story Ellis is telling in his Wildstorm book. The Cray, I remember, was a killing machine. End of line. Wildstorm's Punisher, if you will. But here it feels like the creators are trying to play that aspect down while not giving us much more character development and confusing readers with alternate versions of DC characters. I reiterate, I was not confused. I was. This comic didn't work for me, and it seems to be a step back for the future of the Wildstorm Holy view. shit. I'm saying leave it. I, you, I could not disagree with you more. Falcon. Other than the art, which I agree was rough, I really liked this issue. I didn't eh. find it confusing at all. Eh. I thought they did a great job eh. imbuing Michael Cray with character. Eh. It's not the same death blow with the painted face. No. Yeah, and he's not the killing machine anymore. He feels bad about doing his No, job. he's an assassin. He doesn't just kill because people tell him to. Whatever. He kills with purpose. Uh-huh. Falcon, then don't be an assassin. Be a killer hero. Falcon number one, Marvel, 32 pages, $3.99. You're an idiot. Earn your paycheck bag and groceries and kill in the spare time. <laughs> You are an idiot. Sam Wilson, winged warrior, avian avenger, and one-time sentinel of liberty takes to the skies again, reborn and recommitted as the fighter for freedom. The Falcon! Boondocks writer Rodney Barnes comes to Marvel, restoring Sam to his original historic identity. Sam tries to reconnect with his roots, but little does he know that he's fighting way outside his weight class as the real villain reveals himself. I'm not going to spoil it. It might be in the solicit, but I think it's kind of a fun reveal, so I'm not going to say. Barnes's narration is pretty heavy-handed at times, but his dialogue rings true as he struggles, as Sam struggles with the betrayal of his best friend. And Joshua Casera's art is really interesting. It's not exactly what I'd think of in terms of traditional superhero art. I thought it was... It looks good. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, it's good, but when I think of the Falcon, you know, in a bright costume flying... Right. And or it, any Captain America. Right. Um, but in the same vein that Gabriel Hernandez Walta's art really suited the story Tom King was telling in The Vision, I thought Kasara's art was a great fit for this story. I was worried about Sam taking a back seat now that the quote-unquote real Cap is back, but this was a great first issue, and I'm excited to have the Falcon back. It's a buy-in. He should be the Falcon. That's what we I'm, know him as. Like, he should be the Falcon. I, I was happy for Sam to get his time in the spotlight, but for me, he's the Falcon. And the story wasn't great. All new Wolverine number 25 from Marvel Comics. It is 32 pages for $3.99. The bastard son of Wolverine, Dakin! Or Dakin! Or Akihiro! Or whatever you want to call him is back. Akihiro. That's his real name. And no one, and I mean no one, is happier than me. I dare you to be happier. I this can't. is part one of the Orphans of X storyline, and it kicks off with a bang! Laura and her cloned little sister are dealing with the reemergence of their brother? Question mark? who appears to be being held hostage by an anti-mutant group calling themselves the Orphans of X. Tom Taylor has been writing the hell out of this book, and with the help of several amazing artists, including Juan Cabal, All New Wolverine is a wonderful middle finger to those who have been screaming about new diverse characters. I get it. I really do. I love Wolvie as much as any crusty comic fan, but I dare you to read Taylor's All New Wolverine and not love it. There is stupid shit going on here that he made me love. Laura has a pet Wolverine that lives with her. It's dumb. I love it. <laughs> All New Wolverine continues to be an excellent read month in and month out. And honestly, now that Wolverine is returned in the pages of Marvel Legacy, I hope they don't screw this book up. Bye. Let me get this straight. She's got her own clone now? Something going Does on. Does that mean it's Wolverine's granddaughter? I don't know. We don't know yet. But there's a little girl 
She's scrappy. She has Wolverine powers. I don't know yet. <laughs> the family trade, number one, it's dumb. Honestly, it's dumb. And Knee Jerk Matt goes, fuck that! But then I read it and went, this is fun. <laughs> I don't know. Why can't you do that with this book and not some others? I don't know, because this one's really well executed. That's why. Tom mm. Taylor is writing an irresistibly good read. All right. The Family Trade. That's all I ask. Be good. The Family Trade, number one from Image, 32 pages, three ninety nine. On an island city in a world where history didn't quite turn out like ours, a hidden family of spies, thieves, and assassins make sure that the world keeps going. Or they did until Jessica Wynn, not Jessica. Or they did until Jessa Wynn, their youngest member, manages to start a civil war. Luther Strode co-creator Justin Jordan joins co-writer Nikki Ryan and artist Morgan Beam for a sort of steampunk-ish, uh, not like that, itching, scratching. not like that, <laughs> island adventure that reminds me a bit of the alternate history of the Dishonored games. Man. Have you ever played the Dishonored games? No, I read a little bit about them. Oh, no, they're and I was great. Just like, what no. in the hell? <laughs> so it's, it's, an alternate, it's an alternate history where... Um, kind of maritime economy was much more important. Right. And uh, there's like alchemical elements that have kind of popped up society and so their technology is very weird. Right. I get And it. also very no, Victorian. I know about it. It's not like they've got gears and, and uh, I know. you know. You said steampunk that immediately gives me high. Steampunk-ish. Uh, and this was sort of like that. It's a great high concept idea full of potential. Though I did struggle a bit with the script by Jordan and Reed. It has a lightness and playfulness to it that seemed to clash against the tone of the plot. I love Morgan Beam's watercolor art here. Beam's figures are expressively exaggerated, and there's a nice sense of movement from page to page. I'm giving the family trade, number one, a very strong skim it for now, just because I was so thrown off by the tone of it, but I'm hoping I connect with it a little bit more next issue. Spoink! That is the sound of a werewolf removing a pitchfork from its head. That's exactly what I thought it would sound like. As seen in the pages of Wolf and Batsy, number six. I do not know what that is. I don't either. This onomatopoeia of the week comes from Ryan Hebrews Mount via Twitter. If you can get that pesky pitchfork out of your head and want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, hit us up on any of our social media platforms or shoot an email to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. This week, in the Teachin' Sanctum Sanctorum, Joe and I are cuddling up in the original Ragman's cloak to beat this autumn chill in the air. So comforting. While we talk about next week, must-read comics. Joey, what are you reading next week? Next week, my pick is Rugrats number one. Just kidding. (laughs) It's Rugrats, man. (laughs) Sherlock Frankenstein (laughs) and the Legion of Evil number one. Though Rugrats number one is coming out. Yeah, I know. This is from Dark Horse Comics, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by David Rubin. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. Lucy Weber, daughter of the Black Hammer, grew up to become an investigative reporter for the Global Planet. Now she's on the hunt for the true story about what happened to Spiral City superheroes after they defeated Anti-God and saved the world. All answers seem to lie with the dangerous supervillain tenants of Spiral City's infamous asylum. As she gets closer to the truth, she uncovers the dark origin stories of some of her father's greatest foes and learns how they tie into the puzzle of what happened to Spiral City's greatest hero. Man, if you ain't reading Black Hammer, you a dummy. Yeah, if you're upset 
with Justice League or you don't like where Avengers is at right now or you're mad that the Watchmen are moving into DCU, pick up Black Hammer. You will love it. I mean, not that it's a traditional superhero story. It's but not at all, but it's very it's much... It's a really great story. It's very much rooted in traditional superhero stories. And this, we talked about this on Drunk Previews a couple months ago. This is uh, part of the expansion of that line yes. with a, a, a group of books featuring... The villains of the uh, the group, the super group featured in Black Oh, Man. yeah. You're going to love it. Uh, man, and Sherlock Frankenstein, best villain name ever. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Matt, what is your pick for next week? My pick is Kid Lobotomy, number one from IDW. It's written by Peter Milligan with art by Tess Fowler. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. Kafka meets King Lear by way of young Frankenstein in Kid Lobotomy. Kid Lobotomy. They could full stop right there, and I have to see what's going on. But it goes on. A dark, demented monthly satire that follows a dysfunctional family of hoteliers. Will sibling rivalry, seduction, and shapeshifting eventually lead to sanity or salvation? Mm. Big Daddy is a rich hotelier who... I think it's probably hotelier. Hotelier. Who, in a cracked echo of King Lear, appoints his youngest descendant to manage the suites, a peculiar hotel located behind the Black Crown Pub, affectionately known as Kid... His good looks and swagger can't hide a rough childhood of strange therapies and brain operations that have awakened inner demons and psychodramas. This, of course, makes him eminently qualified to perform lobotomies. A failed rock star slash successful madman gets one last change to prove his worth and regain his sanity by turning the hotel that W. <laughs> good job. Yeah. That's, we're just going to cut it off there. Yeah, that's Because fine. that solicit was already way too damn long. I cut and pasted that, so I didn't realize. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I didn't really understand anything that you just read. It so. very much sounds like the old Peter Milligan of the Vertigo years that I loved. And a twisted take sort of on like a Royal Tenenbaums type thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, and I like Tess Fowler. So. There you go. I'm in. The THN trade of the week goes to the tick. The complete Ben Edlund edition from New England Comics, written and illustrated by Ben Edlund, creator of The Tick. It's 424 pages for $24.99. Here's your solicit. The Tick is back on Amazon Prime. Don't get caught short. Demand will be high for this iconic series. The Tick, the complete Edlund, is a jam-packed 424-page blockbuster, which collects all 12 issues of the classic Tick series written and drawn by creator Ben Edlund. Extras include commentary from Edlund, the first ever Tick story, which was originally published in the NEC newsletter, rarely seen backup stories, pinups, and a bonus full-length story, pseudo-Tick number 13, which provides a possible conclusion to Edlund's original storyline. Oh, possible? Extra bonus... (laughs) Also includes an awesome eight-page tick tale by all-star creators Benito Serino and Les McLean. I love those dudes. You do? Yeah. Who are they? Les McLean has been drawing the tick for a long time. Oh, He's okay. been involved with the tick comics for a okay. long time. Okay. Benito Serino has, all, has been all over the place. He created um, Hector Plasm, uh, which was a, like an image, one shot, a couple one-shots that I really liked. Okay. Um, yeah, Benito Serino. I really like him. Gotcha. So this is actually back in print. It, it keeps going out of print. This is everything Ben Edlund ever did for the tick. For as popular as that character, or, or for as hard as that character has clung to its popularity, yeah. uh, there were only ever 12 issues of the original tick series. Yep. And they kept it going with different creators, but Edlund didn't have anything to do with them. Nope. It's still great. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Still great. And Bedlin did oversee it, I believe. Yeah, yes. But 
this is everything he did plus extras in a huge 400 plus page trade for 25 bucks. I mean, it's a steal. Yeah. So those are our picks for next week, but we want to know what you nerds are reading. So talk to us. Drop us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. Check us out on the Facebook. Give us a like while you're there. Be swell. You know, but tell us what you're reading and tell us what you think we need to read. Joe, before we blow this show wide open on the internets, we better talk about this week's Nerd News! <laughs> hey, see what we did there? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I didn't even tell you it was coming. I was ready for it. Jeff Lemire has announced plans for a new Inferior 5 title at DC Comics, co-written and drawn by Keith Giffen. For those of you that aren't the THN old-timer, the Inferior 5 was a humor feature that debuted in the pages of Showcase number 62 in 1966. The group was created by writer E. Nelson Birdwell, not Birdwell, and artist Joe Orlando, no relation to Steve, Steve Orlando. Orlando, or Tony Orlando. Or Orlando, Florida. Great. Yeah. And it featured the children of members of a JLA parody group called the Freedom Brigade. Unlike their parents, however, the members of the Inferior Five were closer to the Mystery Men than they were the Justice League of America. Here's the team lineup. Merry Man. Team leader Merry Man. Brett Merriman. Yeah, team leader Brett Merriman <laughs> is a martial arts expert, but he's also a 98-pound weakling, so he can't effectively fight anybody. Awkward Man is the, uh, the son of analogs of, of Superman and Aquaman. Aquawoman, I suppose. Uh... And so he's powerful on both land and sea, but he's incredibly clumsy. The blimp can fly, but only at slow speeds and if he's got a tailwind. So you got to blow him around. Yeah. <laughs> like a blimp. White Feather is a superb archer, but he's a coward, and it's only effective as long as he doesn't think anybody's watching him. <laughs> he's not a coward. He's shy. I think he's also a coward because <laughs> okay. White Feather is, is like, a, uh, like an old slang. And Dumb Bunny has the strength of an ox and the intellect to match. That was her log line. She's like the daughter of right. um, that version of Warner Woman and Steve Trevor. So she's like half Amazon, half human. But she's Dumb stupid. as a bag of bricks. <laughs> the group made some sporadic appearances over the years, but mostly they remain an out of continuity. We'll call it continuity adjacent because like right. Mary Man appeared in Final Crisis. Oh boy. Yeah, so... They're a novelty, basically. The 12-issue revival will launch in June of 2018 to reimagine this team of Silver Age Misfits. Lemire also announced that this series will be set in DC's post-crisis continuity Ugh. of the late 80s. Ugh. This is really starting to hurt my head. And it will feature many characters popular at the time. Okay. Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Let me just finish this, and then we can back it up. All right. <laughs> In addition to co-plotting the main series, Lemire will also write and draw the backup stories featuring the costume vigilante Peacemaker. So, two I things. Wait a minute. I love Peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, right. So, two, two big things here, two big takeaways. One, post-crisis what now? I know. Uh, and two, the return of the Peacemaker, uh, who is the Charlton hero that inspired the comedian... Just as DC's Watchmen integration is in full swing. I don't. What are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a lot of Elseworlds stuff that they're not calling Elseworlds going on at DC. And I, yeah. 
Is this part of it? I'm not certain. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't. I mean, uh, Jeff Lemire. Like, I will take uh, it. Give it to me, Jeff Lemire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like Keith Giffen. I know not a lot of. I, I know that uh, modern Keith Giffen is not everybody's cup of tea. I find when Keith Giffen is working with someone else, it usually turns out pretty good. Right. Because he's got good ideas. Definitely, Keith Giffen is a talented guy. When he's on his own, it's not always great. But I. Does this bother anyone else? This is what I want to know. Call us and talk to us. Does this playing with DC continuity and sort of shuffling it back and forth, does this bother anyone else? Yeah. It bothers me. It doesn't. Why? It just confuses me and it bothers me and I thought we fixed all that. I mean, I thought it was rebirth. Do you literally just need the little Elseworlds logo to make it all better? Like, Can't you just accept the fact that some comics are not set in continuity? That would make me feel better. That would instantly illustrate this comic is not set in continuity. Don't worry about it, man. But- that's what that would do. Why can't you just enjoy it for what it is? Because I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. Does this count? Is it real? Is it happening? No, it doesn't. Alongside the other stuff? I don't know. Why is the Peacemaker there? What the hell? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Is uh, like, are you? Do you think that the Inferior Five is going to tie into DC's long-term plans for the Watchmen and Rebirth? I don't know. Like, why you're is way the overthinking there? it. It's weird. You admit it's weird. You said yourself. Yeah, it's weird. What are they doing? It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. You're going to bring back the Peacemaker and backup stories tied to this joke. Yeah. So it's all very strange. Yes. And I'm super curious about why and how. I want to see what it is. But. Like I trust the creators. I do too. And so I'm I'm into it. I don't think like, it's not it's gonna be bad. I just need to know what the hell this is. It's what I said it is. It's I know. just a it's a weird comic. I wanna know if this bothers anyone. Starring else. weird people. You can call us a little bit. I wanna know. Does this bother you? Frodo wants to be why the last man. This is what I'm hearing. I know. It's the truth. Although that's not Elijah Wood's name and why the last man is not a character. <laughs> In Hollywood news, Elijah Wood has expressed interest in playing Yorick in FX's Why the Last Man adaptation. The Lord of the Rings star brought it up when asked about his dream comic superhero role. Speaking to Screen Rant, Wood said, quote, Why the Last Man? Oh, said, quote, Why the Last Man? When is that going to get made? It's such a great comic series. Amazing! FX is currently developing... He's like the reverse Trump. <laughs> kind of. FX is currently developing Why the Last Man for TV with showrunner Michael Green, based on the DC Vertigo series by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerrera. This wouldn't be Wood's first comic film work. He played cannibalistic serial killer Kevin in Robert Rodriguez's Sin City. And he currently stars in the BBC America adaptation of Douglas Adams' Holistic Detective... Oh, in Douglas Adams' Dirk Gently Holistic Detective series. That wasn't, I wasn't listing the title. I was saying the BBC America adaptation oh. of Douglas Adams' Holistic Detective. Oh, I see what you're saying. Dirk it's Gently. really good, by the way. I started watching it. It's great. Uh, Max Landis has his hands all over it, and I hate that guy, so. <laughs> I like the show. I, I, have, I haven't watched it yet. Of course, this is far from the official confirmation, but the report did excite members of the THN Facebook fan Yeah, page. somebody posted it, and those guys were like, yes, I'm all, oh, Jared posted it. Yeah. And everyone was super down with it. I, I don't I don't know. Elijah Wood is not a great actor. He was oh. he's good as a hobbit. He's good as a serial killer. He's hard to believe as a normal person sometimes because he's just kind of a yeah, weird Yeah, but you've actor. seen him in stuff, right? You've seen him in uh, He was in that um what was the show where he imagined the dog Wilfred? Yeah. And he was like, he's good in that. He was fine in it. I, I just he's not what I pictured as my 
But Yorg is not a normal guy either. He's a weirdo. I know, and I don't hate it. Uh, It's just not my favorite casting. I'll say that. I'm glad that Y is being done as a TV show and not a movie. Because it needs to breathe, and it needs to be spread out. It's not a a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And if it was, it probably wouldn't make enough money for us to get the next two movies that we need, unfortunately. This is a much better place for it. Elijah Wood is a good name to plug in there, definitely. He has recognition. People might tune in to watch him that don't know what this comic book series is. Can you think of a better person to play Yorick? Not off the top of my head. I mean, really... He and you know he's not bad. He certainly looks like young enough to play the part, but still old enough to give it some gravitas and whatnot. I like. I'd rather, I guess, it's someone his age than they give it to a kid, and expect me to relate to that. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I don't hate it. I just don't necessarily love it. That's where I'm at. Since you're uh, already on the hate train, let's talk about the gifted. Yeah. Uh, the new television season is upon us. That means new comic shows. Nope. That means new shows based on comics. Are hitting us hard and heavy. Oh, this week all the DC shows premiered. It was glorious. It was. They did not premiere to great ratings. Um, Legends of something something increased. Everything else kind of went down. Legends went way down. Um, maybe Arrow went up a little. Arrow went up a little bit. Everything else. Um, everything down. else was down, which is sad. Way down. Matt and I this week though are talking about Fox's X Men spinoff series, The Gifted. You know you watched it, and we want to hear from you. Soon. Oh, yes. I definitely want somebody to call and talk to us about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about the game. The series focuses on the Strucker family, a loose loose adaptation of the Fenris twins. Very loose. Very, very loose. Very, Uh, very loose. Which in the comics were the uh, son and daughter of Nazi war criminal Baron Von Strucker. I think they really missed an opportunity here, honestly. And we'll get to that. Yeah, No, they're not going to make them the sons of aged Nazi war criminal. No, I'm not saying that at all. I've got a, I've got this rad update for him. Okay, a rad update. Speaking of New Mutants in Trouble. The New Mutants trailer came out. I new- didn't really write anything about it because I thought we would touch on it. We got a New Mutants trailer. I want to discuss it with everybody. I want to talk about it with everybody, not right. just you and I. I want you to tell me why you hate it so much. No, we'll get into it. Let's talk to everybody about it. Somebody call us. Let's talk about Is the, the New Mutants trailer. Is the phone line open? Because The phone line will be open in a second. I'm about to open it. All right. But I want to talk about the New Mutants trailer with you guys. We all watched it. What do you think? Are you ready for a mutant horror story? Do you think it's too predictable where it's going? I think it might be. We'll see. I'm going to call my shot on this one, but I want to talk about it with you guys. So that is your big news for this week. If you want to discuss these stories and everything we missed, you can call us right now. The phone number is 402-819-4894. You did it. I gave you time to dial what i did or you can go to facebook and click the call now button it's very easy it'll dial us it's great look it'll be easier for you to dial it than open up facebook and find the page and push the button true that we're doing this until uh, unless you're already watching the video i suppose we're doing this until 12 30 that is central standard time for viewers that aren't in the midwest but before we get into this mess joey i need you to reset their question of the week the current question of the week comes from harvey locust via the thn facebook fan page if you were a member of G.I. Joe, what would your code name be? And I threw it in as a bonus, but Matt's demanding it from everybody. Oh, yeah. I want to hear it. What would be your primary and secondary military specialties? Because everybody had one. Yeah. You can't just come up with a code name. You have to tell me. Because here's the thing. Your code name tied directly into what you did. Mine certainly does. Except for, like, Lady J, I guess. <laughs> she threw javelins. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There you are. Boom. Scarlet. I solved the case. She was a redhead. She had red hair, yeah. <laughs> so, there's your news. There's your question. 
Joe Patrick. Open the phone lines! Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who dis? Hello? Reverend J.D. Catchemall, your, uh, re- your resident Judas priest. J.D. Hey. Catchemall, how are you, brother? Author of the Red Hot Good, how are you? column, Tales from the Marvel Lake House. That's true. He J.D. Catchemall is now an official love slave. He is writing about Marvel Comics from the Marvel Comics app, which came out six months ago. Don't tell anyone, but he's a ghost, okay? He doesn't know that. J.D., how are you doing, brother? Is that the plot of the Lake House? Is Keanu a ghost? <laughs> Keanu's dead. Uh, what? Yeah, that's why it's tragic. I'm good. <laughs> now, I want to know, JD, did you watch the new Mutants trailer? I did. And? Yes, I did. How do you feel? Um, I don't. <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, on, I, I, I'm honest. I, I'm being honest. I, I, don't, I don't have an opinion either way. I think uh, I'm waiting to see more. Okay. I think more than anything else. Uh, I like the idea and the premise of making the New Mutants a horror-themed film. I like it anytime they take superhero properties and mix up the genres. Sure. You know, I think that's really fun. Uh, and it's not, it's not, you know, there's precedents already for the New Mutants to be in the horror genre with the whole Demon Bear saga. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing I... And one th- one thing I thought was interesting, I saw in another thread, someone talking about it, between Legion and this, we're starting to see kind of a Sienkiewicz influence in the in the cinematic. Okay. I don't so, disagree with that. Uh, I think that would be fun. Definitely with Legion. Really fun. Definitely with Legion. Legion was a lot of fun. I finally caught up and finished that show. It was yeah. great. I loved Legion. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. <sighs> but Give it but a watch. Hey, I wanted to answer the question of the week. All right, let's hear it. Your yes. code name. I want your primary and secondary mm-hmm. military specialties too. All right, code name: Weird Smith. <laughs> Weird. Specialization one: psyops. Okay. Psyops speci- specifically countering the effects of Doctor Mindbender. Okay, I love it. All right, and uh, specialty number two uh, is agitprop, which is a Russian term for a combination of agitation and propaganda oh. using media and literature to to mobilize or to disrupt forces. Okay, here's I love this, and here's why. Because just like G.I. Joe, back in the day, every time they came out with a new dude that was a hit that everybody wanted, they came out with somebody that was just in charge of screwing with that guy. <laughs> you know, like, I'm water dude that does water stuff. Like, oh, yeah, well, I'm fire dude that does fire stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were like battle beasts almost. It was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a classic snake eye storm shadow. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. I love it. JD, nice call. I appreciate that, buddy. We've got uh, a new column coming up. Uh, I'll have it up this weekend. Cool. Very cool. I'm sorry. The one after that is uh, I'm changing up a little bit. I, I, instead of doing three books, I only did one because this last week was possibly the best, the best Marvel book I've read all year. Oh, okay. Look forward to that. We are looking forward to that. Thank you for your call, sir. And we will talk to you very soon. Okay. All right, talk to you later, guys. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Bye, Jeff. <laughs> you vanished forever. <laughs> Time moves differently in the lake house. JD, got to catch them all, as we said, working for us now, writing reviews, and they're great. And he is going to specialize in reviewing comics from the Marvel Unlimited app. And those comics are typically six months late. So he is living in the past. But those of you who are reading that, 
you can go and find out if these are worth your time from a dead man. Let's check in with Sir Ian Kelly from across the pond, Lord Fungus himself. We knighted him. I don't know if he's actually knighted. Come along, Winston. Do stop chasing stately. Bloody dragons. Okay, that was awesome, but it was only 14 seconds long. I don't know what was going on. That's all there was. Yeah, there's 14 <laughs> seconds of it. That's it. Oh, no. So Lord Fungus is being chased by dragons. I guess. Maybe that's all they sent. Maybe that's it. I He's, don't know. Like, maybe that was just their way of saying that they were unavailable. I think there's something else going on here. They're being chased. Matt, maybe they're setting up a narrative. Uh, just roll with it. I don't know. <laughs> we spent six months pretending that Jared was trapped in the time stream. I get that. Let's move on to the next one, I guess. Ha-ha! Nice try, Libyans! Totally blinked away. Good luck catching a man with a Blinkatron. And I blinked myself into what appears to be a nondescript storage unit. Wow. And I... Yep, I'm locked in. Ooh, and this portable Blinkatron takes time to cool. Well, uh, that's not a very satisfying conclusion to my cliffhanger. Uh, but, uh, I guess that gives me time to answer the question of the week. So, uh, what would my G.I. Joe Strike Force team card say? Okay, well, first, code name. Well, okay, so what? Blinker fluid? Blink back? (laughs) Blinks with an X? Yeah, let's go with that one. Uh, blinks. So, primary specialty. Well, uh, so that'll be infiltration, because I'll just blink in. And, uh, secondary... Well, probably extraction, because I could just blink out. But but as you can see, secondary is kind of an understatement today. So guys, since I'm stuck in here, uh, I've got time to think. And I uh, uh, recently I stumbled on the majesty that is in- the Incredible Hulk issue 190. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this in a while, but this cover is incredible. It's the Hulk, Toadman, and then Glorian. And so for those yeah. of you who don't know who Glorian is... He's this, like, golden-skinned Roman who surfs in on a rainbow. I feel like whenever he hits the page, what? he should have Bobby Roode's entrance music. Totally. I think that's the only thing missing. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't, I didn't know that this character even existed. Yeah, I blinked, and I missed it. So I'm wondering, who are your favorite characters who are like Glorian that are basically so bonkers that they border on epicness. All right, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you next time. Wow. Okay, Glorian, was he a Herald of Galactus or something? No. No, just a dumb character. Just a dumb character. Okay. All right, Razorback. That's mine. I liked Razorback because he was in Peter David's old sensational She-Hulk. He's basically a truck-driving cowboy that wears a pig costume. Well, and he <laughs> dates to back to way farther than that. Yeah, he yeah. He was from the 70s. He'd been around. Uh, back when, like... I would say that's where I met him. Convoy, and because oh, yeah. he was born out of the trucker craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. he wore a pig costume. <laughs> he was uh, eastbound and down, loaded up and yeah, trucking. Yeah, man. And he definitely was going to do what they said couldn't be done. Yeah. He was Razorback. What yeah. about Joe Patrick? Uh, how did he phrase the question? He's like a favorite D-list character that like popped up here and there and was just ridiculous and stupid. Uh, man, see, I don't know. I, speedball, probably, right? No, no, no. D-list. D-F-list. F-list. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'd say Speedball's uh, definitely fine. C-list, maybe. Um, 
Hmm. I'm I'm pretty fond of a of an old Cap villain called Madcap. Oh yeah, Madcap uh, was great. Who wore this bizarre like patchwork, not a clown costume, but no, like a but like like a pimp costume. It was almost. sort of yeah. I mean, it was kind of <laughs> like buccaneer because he had like a big floppy buccaneer. Yeah. Yeah. So Madcap was this crazy person who had unbelievably powerful healing abilities. Like, yes. I'm I'm not even talking like Deadpool style where you can cut his arm off and it will grow back. Right. I'm talking about like Looney Tunes style. Like you could decapitate him yes. and then it'll just be like boop, 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 and then pop him back together like a puzzle. Was he human? Well, I mean, yeah, but. No, but I mean like did, did he have like a human origin? Was he like an alien or something? Or? No, I think he was just a guy. You know, I don't even know if his if he has an origin. There's a Madcap wiki. I guarantee it. Madcap. But comic. he also showed up in Sensational She-Hulk, which is where yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he was. I, I knew him from Captain America. Uh, and then he, uh, there was a great, uh, there was a great Deadpool story by Ben's Acker and Blacker a few years ago in an annual. You remember Daniel Way's Deadpool where all of a sudden Deadpool had multiple voices Yeah, and he was talking to yeah. the voices in his head. They came up with a reason why that is. And it's because there was a terrifying accident where Deadpool and Madcap were both like together and they got vaporized. And they grew back together, but their molecules were mixed. Oh, that's fun. So Madcap was and in so, his like, head. And so Madcap was living in Deadpool's head. He was like Firestorm. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was the crazy Professor Stein to Deadpool's... Okay. Uh, uh, Ronnie Raymond? Yeah, Ronnie Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then in, in an annual where they revealed that they were then separated and Deadpool was back to just having one voice again. And it was kind of a bummer because he misses it. Sure. Um, but yeah, the only character, uh, he like Deadpool before Deadpool was Deadpool, if that makes any sense oh. because he ran around, he did violent stuff. Yeah, no, I'll give you that madcap. Yeah. He got hurt real bad and then immediately jumped back into action and he was totally crazy. Okay. According to the madcap wiki, he was originally a deeply religious young man. His name is unknown on the way to a picnic with his family I and, think it's Andy Cap. and church community. Their bus collides with a tanker truck full of compound X07. Mm-hmm. An experimental nerve agent developed by AIM. Everyone aboard the bus, including his parents and sister Katie, are killed, leaving him as the only survivor, his body mixing with the compound. When being told of the deaths of all his friends and his family, his mind shatters. His belief in a rational universe is swept away. He becomes madcap. Wow. There is no God. Yeah. This X07 has proven there is no God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in this picture of him, he's wearing like a pimp suit, like a pinstripe pimp suit, but it's like, Sort of like Two Face, like it's half. Yeah, it's like patches, sort of. But the other side, he's shirtless, <laughs> and like he's got a pant leg Show on one what? side, and then he's pantless. Show me that. Yeah, check it out. He's like half naked. No. Yeah. It's yellow. He's yellow. No, dude, that's muscles. He's half nude. Well, yeah, because he's a superhero. He's no, not dude. Half nude. He's yellow. He's half nude. Because it matches his face. That's not his real face. It's a mask. I don't know. I think he's half naked for some reason. Madcap. That's a weird interpretation of Madcap. You learned something today. Talking about the New Mutants trailer. We're talking about The Gifted, the TV show on Fox. We're talking about DC playing fast and loose with continuity. We're talking about Frodo as your Why the Last Man. I want to hear what you guys think about this. What's his real name again? York. No, the actor. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. Frodo. Elijah Wood. Frodo Baggins. Yorick and Why the Last Man. Call us. Let's talk about this. I'm not sure what I think about it. 
I don't hate it. I'm just not sure what I think about it. You hated everything. You hate, you've hated on everything we've talked about this episode. I haven't hated on everything. I just thought The Gifted was meh at best. Predictable and pretty meh. And I think if they want to stick around, they're going to have to do something to get some ratings. Oh, here we go. We got a call coming in. Let's find out how this is. Thank you for calling. Whoa. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. Caller, who this? This is Ethan. How are you guys doing? Ethan, what's happening, oh, brother? It's Ethan. We're doing well. What do you want to rap about today? Uh, I, I was co- going to comment real quick on the trailer for the New Mutants just because I, I see that Matt wants to talk about it. Yes. Yeah, Matt's just dying for an excuse to shit all I over talk it. About it. It doesn't feel like I can't tell it's an X-Men thing at all. <laughs> yeah. There, nothing about it looked X to me. Right. I mean, it's a first trailer. And I'm actually kind of glad they didn't reveal a lot of things. I thought that yeah. it, I said this on Facebook. Um, yeah, me too. My my buddy Billy Peck, who was a customer at Legend, uh, big time horror nerd. Right. And uh, he was talking about it with some friends, and his buddy was like, "I don't get it. I don't understand." Right. And Billy was like, "You know, it's the first trailer. They're not li- they're not revealing anything." And and I and I said, "You know." It really adds a little something to the viewing experience when you know that one of those characters can turn into a werewolf any second. Right. And that's like what I enjoyed about it. It's like something's going to happen. Someone's going to turn into a werewolf. Someone's going to burst into the flames. Right. That girl's going to become a demon. I was like, I, I just, I just, it, it was, it was packaged as this like normal horror movie. Right. Right. This paranormal activity, whatever. But you've got mutants in it, obviously. But me knowing the new mutants, I'm like, oh man, this is gonna get crazy. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. But it just all seems. Sorry. It seems like they had a cheeseball horror script. I mean, maybe that doesn't make for an like, effective trailer. Yeah, it, it seemed like they have this cheeseball horror script, and they're like, well, I mean, how many insane asylum movies do we really need? Hey, let's let's put that aside. You know, we got to work on this new mutants idea. Let's work on that for a while. Hey, what if we crushed the two together? No, and we got a horror movie with the director. In it. When they tapped this director, they, he said from the start he was making a horror movie. I know, I get it. I just it's totally going to end up as what's her head, the evil nurse that's in charge of everything, is using her powers to make the place seem like a haunted house. Yada yada yada. It's not at I, all. And if we get another new mutants movie, is that going to be more horror? Yeah. Like, are we setting this up for this is a horror franchise? Yeah, because he said that he's saving Warlock and, uh, like, for the sequel. Right. I guess. So. I don't know, man. I It just, it looks like a cheeseball horror movie that's not going to be scary starring the new It mutants. seems, uh, I'm kind of excited just for the fact, like, okay, do something different than the typical, like, I'll give you that. Mill, but I'll give you that. Just, it, to me, I was like, okay, uh, I feel like if anyone saw this that didn't have any idea what new mutants are, they have no idea anyone's a mutant so the trailer just doesn't really reveal anything i i like that it's not revealing too much but it also doesn't reveal what it is period yeah so, i don't know I'll, I'll grant you that ethan and you know my enjoyment like, of ah, it, here's a horror yeah my enjoyment of it came as an as an x-men fan already and i know i know that like Arya stark is wolfsbane right and that bad shit is going to happen when they start like but pumping her. Are people going to get it? Are people that aren't in the know because they're not just marketing? The well, it's like got us. the flag. Sh- it's got the Marvel flag on the front of I it. I get that. It's you know that they're going to mention something about the X Men in there. I just I don't know if people are going to pick up on it. I or care, but I'm my, I'm with Ethan. I my I, girlfriend saw it with me. Go ahead. My girlfriend saw it with me in the 
car, and she's standing right here. Did you have any idea it was anything to do with mutants or? Put her on the phone. No, no, not. And I'm a huge mutant fan, so didn't okay. notice anything. Okay, so let's say so, you're yeah, not dating a nerd, and we're like. Let's, okay. Let's say you're not dating a nerd. You have no frame of reference no. on this, and you see this trailer. Are you going? Are you going because it's like, oh, that looks like a cool horror movie, or are you going because you're like, what does this have to do with the Marvel? You like, would this make you want to go? As a horror fan, as a horror fan myself, just on that end, I would be interested to go see it just for that factor. Okay. So. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I, I want to see another trailer, but yeah, I think future trailers are probably gonna start i mean if you think about it the new mutants is a pretty wacky bunch sure like half demon girl with a sword with a magic sword oh yeah, yeah. girl that becomes a werewolf guy that bursts into the flames well, before we get into this ethan thank you for your call buddy it's good to hear from you i'm gonna hang up so we can let some other people try and jump in if they want to yeah for sure good to hear from you man Take it easy, and, pal. and ethan what's your girlfriend's name thank uh, you. larissa larissa thank you for your input we appreciate it as you were joe patrick and I can I can kind of understand the the plan to just slowly release that information. I guess you know, kind of prime the pump. Like, it's a horror movie, right? It's a Marvel horror movie. What does that mean? And then the next trailer, it's gonna be like, oh shit, <laughs> these characters are X Men. Right? What is happening? You know. But I do get it. Like from the perspective of somebody that might not know the New Mutants, it definitely did not tell you anything about anything. I'll give you that. I know the New Mutants. I love the New Mutants. They're some of my favorite characters. I love some of my best friends are new mutants. I love horror movies. I'm a huge horror nerd. This did not look like a scary horror movie to me. It looked like a very PG 13 well, horror sure. movie with like the faces pressing through the wall. Like I've seen all that crap before and the new mutants are in it, which leaves me afraid that we're going to get a watered down horror movie starring the new mutants. That's what I've seen so far in this trailer. I hope I'm wrong. Thank you for calling. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover. We have like a weird delay thing going yeah, on. Yeah, it's a weird time delay, so bear with us. Not really sure why, but caller, who this? It's Ryan Mount, a.k.a. Hebrews. Hebrews! Hey, it's that guy. How are you doing, brother? Doing all right. Uh, <laughs> putting f- together a nursery, but I figured I'd call Put Putting together in. a nursery? <laughs> Listen to you, yeah, dad. Right. Or did you kidnap somebody? No, remember we announced that. Oh, that's right. I just forgot. Uh, I'm not going to say that on the air. Matt doesn't remember things. It's better for ratings we, if he kidnaps we, somebody. We congratulated you on the show, <laughs> and he doesn't remember. What do you want to rap about today, Hebrews? Let's talk about that season premiere of Supergirl and how it was the best hour of superhero television I have ever seen. Wow. To, this is up to Joe Patrick. I didn't see it. Uh, I mean, it was good. Yeah, I really liked it. I. I like Supergirl. I like. I understand that it might not be everybody's cup of tea. I understand that it's also it's very cheerful, maybe even a little bit cheesy. But guess what? That's the Superman corner of the DC universe, and I am into it. Sure, I'm fine with it there. Uh, and uh, I think it fits right in with the other CW uh, DC shows. And last season there was a big battle with the Daxamites, and some stuff happened. And without spoiling, I can't believe they're already touching on that stuff. Oh, well, I That's mean, this insane. is season three now. So. I know, but still, <laughs> um, there was some, there was some big stuff that happened and without spoiling too much. Uh, Supergirl is heartbroken. Oh. And so she's kind of decided at the beginning, uh, that old trope where it's like, you know what? Being, having a secret identity is too hard. Yeah. Why do I need to be Kara Danvers? Screw Why it. can't I just be Supergirl? Yeah. Uh, and it was a really good episode. It was a really great show. 
I had that feeling that it was like, when you talk about Superman, the movie, I'm a little bit younger than you. Like I finally understood, like, this is my Superman. Wow. It just was, you know, I laughed, I cried, I had a good time. Like, I haven't been invested in any show like that for quite a while. Um, And I was just like, wow, this is so good. Um, But I also have another question for you guys. Okay. All right. All right. Completely unrelated. So is Godzilla considered a monster movie and therefore kaiju movies are then horror movies? Yes and no. Okay. I'm going to feel this one because I'm the biggest Godzilla fan in the ziggurat. Godzilla is a giant monster. Kaiju literally means giant monster. Is it a horror movie? No. I would say it's more of a man versus nature kind of survival type film. Godzilla is not good or evil. Monster movies that are horror movies are by definition a bad monster comes, kills people, does terrible things. It's scary. So you're saying that Godzilla is the same thing essentially as like Pumpkinhead. No, I'm saying Godzilla is more like uh, a weather event, like a typhoon or an earthquake. So Godzilla is exactly like Dante's Peak. Yes. Godzilla is more like... (laughs) A, a, an ev- he's a force of nature is what it is and these kaijus one thing we learn from all the Godzilla movies over and over again they pound it into our head is man is not in control of the world right we think we are we're think- we think we're the smartest species around but the world will always fight back and in this case, it's Godzilla and these other giant monsters. They well, rule the world. Well, and it's also like a comment on like man's hubris, right? Yes. Because man created Godzilla. Just like by the song. History playing God show- with nuclear whatever's. History shows again and again how nature reveals the folly of man. Up from the ground, 50 Godzilla. stories high. You know, like, yeah. You know. And Godzilla. So, no, not a horror film. I would say more of a human survival film, like a, a, a catastrophe like film. Like the gray. So. Sort of. <laughs> More like the day after oh. tomorrow. You know? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then that. I hope that helped. That means I am a movie behind on my uh, horror watching, so I'm going to go hop on that, and I will talk to you guys uh, soon, and I'll have a new column out, hopefully within the next week or two. Awesome. awesome. All right. I will talk to you guys soon. See you, pal. Supergirl. Unfortunately, the ratings on that Supergirl were very low. Well, they were lower. I don't know if it's like they went way down. That's the problem. Yeah, I think I get, we'll see. And like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of different superhero shows out there. I think they need to be really careful with how many more they introduce at the risk of losing really good shows like Supergirl and the Flash in the mess. The Flash is back. I love the Flash. It's still as good as it's ever been. Its viewership is way down. Uh, I thought that Barry's hair was atrocious for this entire episode. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing. There. I'm just going to chalk it up to him just waking up out of a vegetative state. <laughs> but he, that like weird emo flop needs to go, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, it's it's not working. Uh, so real quick, just my final thoughts on the New Mutants trailer uh, and also the Gifted and Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really enjoying the fact that at least Fox is saying, you know what? Let's just take this property and do different things with it. We've sure. got all these characters. Yeah. Let's make a horror movie. We're gonna get a new, we're gonna get a comedy series about the new warriors from Marvel Studios. Oh boy. Um, like, like do it. What and may, succeed, succeed or fail, who knows? But 
I'm all for them trying. So do you want to give me a, 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 a creepy haunted house New Mutants movie? Or a insane asylum New Mutants movie? I'm all for it. I'm fine. I'm all for it too. I'm saying make it scary. Make it legitimately a horror film. And I This think- looked super watered down and not scary. It looked like a bunch of scenes that were lifted from several other horror films we've seen recently in this school of PG-13 horror that I don't care well, about. It's going to be a PG-13 horror movie. Because it's the X-Men. I know, which means, unfortunately, it's probably going to be a watered down horror film. I, I'm sorry, but if you're going to give me a horror film, let's go all the way with it. Let's make a horror film. All right? We've already proved the rated R movies work in superhero stuff. Yeah, but I don't necessarily agree. Like, they, and can, still tell a, they I, can still a, tell a good creepy story with these characters and not have it be rated R. I agree. But the images we got so far, I'm saying, well, not it's scary. It's just one man's opinion. It's true. It is just one man's opinion. I'm calling my shot right now. It's all some psychic prison built by one of the mutants to keep them trapped. It might be Celine. It might be someone. No, I think from, it's a legit place. I think it's a legit place. And the things that we're seeing are the result of the mutants freaking out. I don't think so. I think it's somebody's powers. It's not a haunted house. It's somebody's powers. Too predictable. It's not a haunted house. You keep calling it a haunted house. It's a. It's a. It's a. Yeah, it's but they're a like mental prison. In like a, the sh- in the trailer, they go, "This place is haunted." <laughs> like, I don't remember that. Yeah, they totally do. <laughs> So speaking of X-Men adjacent, let's talk about The Gifted. I thought it was meh at best. It just felt predictable. It felt like very formulaic to me. We've had a, a lot of these shows before, and it just felt like teens in trouble. They've got powers. Mom and dad overact a little bit. The kids are fine or whatever. Everyone is a group of models and very good looking. And yes, there are some weird looking mutants, but the pretty ones are the heroes, you know, and it's just, I don't know. I didn't feel anything for it. They dropped some lines. You've got the Sentinel service who works for the government rounding up mutants. I would rather see robots or, and maybe we just haven't seen them yet. I don't know, but we they had, there were robots in the first episode. Well, yeah. Like yeah. you want giant purple robots. I want Sentinels. We're not going to get them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want full on Sentinels. I thought they missed a chance to do something really interesting with the parents who are the Struckers. Historically, the Struckers, were the Von Struck was the Von Strucker, who was an aging Nazi, and he had these two perfect Aryan kids that they called Fenris. And Fenris is like the name of a wolf from it's the wolf from yeah, Norse mythology. From Norse mythology. And when they held hands, they had powers. But when they were separated, they didn't. I thought that was a really cool mutant power. And I would like I wish they would have done that, first of all, with these kids. Like they didn't know they had powers until they touched and accidentally had powers. That would have been neat. But had they updated dad and made him like some type of alt-right kind of hero against mutants. Nobody wants to watch that. Well, but I'm saying that creates real tension. The kids don't believe it. The kids have a secret they're keeping from dad. They're mutants. Mom secretly knows or something, but truly loves dad and doesn't think he's a bad guy. Dad believes he's doing the right thing, you know? May update that shit. Make him, I'm not saying make him like a Milo Yiannopoulos and have him be like, yeah, people should have sex with kids. What's the problem? But make him sort of like an Alex Jones. You heard it here first. Milo Yiannopoulos did that. <laughs> that's why his book's not coming out. But make him like an Alex Jones type figure that's railing against mutants and has kids that are mutants that he doesn't know, you know, as opposed to like he was mutant prosecutor and like if you use your powers, you'll get arrested, but it's not illegal to be a mutant. It's just there's a bunch of tension that, yeah. I, it didn't do anything for me. I, I think they could have done it, some interesting stuff with this. Instead, we just got some more name dropping. We got some characters we kind of recognize, but not totally. We, and then we got a new character who I thought might be Chamber, but nah, just a guy who 
glows. No, he was created for the show. I he's guess. called like Eclipse, I think. When you cut him like... open, he's full of light, I guess. He's got like <laughs> sun heat powers. Something. Some sort of solar. Sort of havocy type stuff. Well, it was like heat, like because he melted the door. Then make him Sunfire. We haven't seen Sunfire yet, right? He's not Sunfire, though. I know. He's not Sunfire, which is why I don't care about him. But I, Oh, really? You really care about Sunfire that much? I don't need new characters created for the show in this X-Men adjacent I'll, show. I'll grant you that. That's like, not going to... There's plenty there's of a, X characters. A thousand, there's a thousand mutants in the Marvel you Universe. You can throw, a stoop, throw Skids and Boom Boom in there. I don't care. Rusty. Rusty's got yeah, firepowers. Yeah, throw Rusty in there. Why do we have to invent these new characters for an X-Men adjacent show that we aren't even going to get the X-Men in? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That was like the, the, the need to create a new character seemed unnecessary. It makes it hard to care. It makes it hard for me to care. I thought it was good. I, I think you're being way too hard on it. Like you're describing the elements of the plot and then you go Bleh, like there's anything wrong with anything. It was just predictable. Like, One mutant girl gets arrested and goes to jail. And guess what? Jail's exactly like every female prison you've seen in every film or TV show where the Girls are music like, oh, what's up, sexy mutie? Ooh, I'm going to get me a piece of that mutie. And oh, that's whoa. not what happened. Yeah, they're spitting on her and stuff and yelling at her. And like <laughs> the big, tough, like black, tough girl mutie comes over like, I run this yard. Just like every generic character we've seen in every prison show. What would you have preferred from I those I prison don't scenes? Something interesting is what I'm saying. So it's anything. Everything just feels borrowed from other shows with generic kids You don't kids think like trouble. the idea that they took these mutants and then forcibly depowered them and then threw them in with normal people when they know that there's all this racial tension going on was interesting? And they put them in a generic prison that looks like every prison we've ever seen. Put them in a super mutant prison or something. I don't know. But they didn't. Put them in the they, raft. Th they threw them in with normal people. Put They're them. like, here, here you go. They, they, they like sacrificed them to I, this violent population of criminals. That's dumb. They put them in a normal prison? That's stupid. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> Come on. You're on the prison board, okay? Joe Patrick is the warden. They got the collars on, Matt. They warden, got the shot collars We're going to bring in these mutes. Right now, we're having arguments about what to do with people in Guantanamo Bay if we shut it down. And the argument is, don't put them in regular prisons because they're too dangerous. Polaris, on the other hand... A woman with who is basically female Magneto and can move a metal with her mind, ah, put a shock collar on her like a bad dog, and we'll just throw her into general, you know, population. It'll be fine. <laughs> I actually liked Come on. I actually liked the um the, the 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 inhibitor technology is a thing in the in the comics. Like, yes, we've definitely seen that we before. Put we put a device on them and that shuts their powers down. Yeah, yeah. It shocks Which them. Is a you can turn it up and down, like if you're afraid you're going to hurt your dog. Well, like. not in the comics, no. In the comics, it's just like, nope, you wear this thing and your powers do not work. Yeah, but if you don't want the For mutant comic poop, book I'm science saying, reasons. If your mutant poops in the house, you can turn up the shock collar. Will you shut up and you know. let me finish my thought? <laughs> I actually thought it was interesting. I thought it was more realistic that this version of it wasn't like some weird pseudoscience where it's like, yep, it doesn't work. Right. It's like, no, your powers work. It's just that there's a very terrible physical cost. Right. It's like the Green Lantern <laughs> ring. You got to really, really, right. really want them to work. Um, anyway, yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was good. Um, is it super duper groundbreaking? Probably not. No. But uh, I thought it was compelling, the idea that this guy, that it's it's a world where, yes, the, the, the racial tension between humans and mutants does still exist because guess what? We're living in that world right now. Of course. Um, I wish they would have played off that a little more and a little more believably, I guess. And, 
but I they also like re, were really heavy with the racial allegory about like they show up at the hospital to steal that medicine, right? And because uh, Amy Acker is a little bit roughed up from the escape, mm-hmm. uh, they assume that she's in a domestic violence situation just because her companion is a mutant, right? I was like, oh man, that's that's some deep shit. No, sure, I'll give you that. I mean, I don't know. It just it wasn't enough to hook me emotionally. Like if you set this next to a show like Legion, which really was impressive and pushed boundaries and tried to do some interesting, cool things with television that we haven't really seen, this felt kind of flat for me. It just felt like X Men light. X Men very light. No, and I can't take you anywhere. Well, there's just plenty of other mutants you could have had as the stars rather than the Fenris twins if you're not going to do the Fenris twins and you're going to change their powers. I I don't know. It just felt watered down to me and hard to care about. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover. Caller, who dis? Yo, what's up, guys? It's Ketnerd. What up, Ketnerd? How you doing, brother? How's it going, guys? Good. Real good. I was going to hit you up with a question of the week. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, that was that was a good one. <laughs> I know it's fun. Um, right? Yeah. Um, so so I woke up and I was like, oh shit! What would my GI Joe code name be? <laughs> and this this is this is what I got. Okay. I like I'm, I'm surprised I hadn't actually thought about this for for years because it is such a good question. Um, but I'm gonna go with mouse, and the idea would be that it would be like a play on like cat and mouse. Okay, I thought you said mouth. And so like, I think from I would, the Goonies, like M O U T H. Mouth. <laughs> right. Oh no, not not mouth. Mouse. Although that would maybe be appropriate. Mouse. Okay. Yeah. So, and so I, I think that my primary military specialty would be intelligence. So I'm picturing like being like a, a kind of spy, but I play like cat and mouse, and I like do diversionary tactics while the other Joes would would be getting getting the other job done. Okay. I would like to lead Cobra. I would like to lead Cobra on a merry chase. How about oh, that? I like it. I like it. All right. All right. That's fun. So it's like cat and mouse. What's your outfit? I'm a little like? guy. What do you look like? I think, like what are you? What are you wearing? Oh shit! You got to be wearing bright colors and shit so they notice you, right? <laughs> oh no! That's not how that works. Yeah, man. yeah. No, like they send you out. Like you're a ridiculous distraction because you're a GI Joe figure. <laughs> Think about how somebody's but he's a spy. He's think about how you. Quick Kick was dressed. He was barefoot and shirtless. I, oh. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, like you ever like psych out or raptor? Yeah, I mean, you like, know, I can't, I can't look any crazier raptor. than than sci-fi. Yeah, yes. like maybe and maybe I'm maybe in GI Joe. I'm like really good friends with sci-fi. Who's totally. like the neon green guy? I would say you have like a bright like like fuchsia like neon pink outfit that they can't miss <laughs> you know like, oh man there he is like, you know <laughs> like i'm um, over here jerks <laughs> when i was a ki- when i was a kid i i used to have this like obnoxious like 1980s like neon green ball cap yeah so maybe maybe Perfect. it's like that maybe it's just like i'm anything <laughs> i'm just wearing like a, a like a find your buddy style like okay but marker. here's the thing as a toy designer when we push your head your ball cap lights up oh that's <laughs> that's a little bit beyond gi joe no but like you know we're getting this fantastic you know whatever it's we're like, making our own action figures how did you okay okay time yeah. out it glows in the dark. How's that? Oh, there you, the go. Yeah, uh, there you go. And it's like, so you can't miss him. I, 
You can't miss it. Yeah, like Cobra's a theory. It's but I also like, think your character wears, hat. just like sci-fi, you wear this ridiculous, like, bulletproof outfit. So you're, like, getting shot all the time. <laughs> like, Man, you are not even going off of <laughs> yeah. his character at you're all. You're like Bullet Sponge. <laughs> yeah. was, oh, that's was, a great no, Joe character name. I actually. was picturing more of, like, a guy, like, like Tunnel Rat. Okay. But, like, I, I, liked, love tunnel I rat. like the idea of having, like, a... Of a of a bright thing. I like the glow in the glow in the dark cap. I think that that's, that's good. Cause I, I, the whole idea would be like to, cause I picture myself as more of like a sneaky guy. Yeah. But like, but then like being like, Oh shit, come get me. And then like, I would distract people while, uh, while the other <laughs> you turn just, your hat get, on get and distract everyone. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> when the time was <laughs> right. The hat on. <laughs> All right, mouse. Looks like you it's time to turn that hat on. Yo, Joe. <laughs> Yo. And then you go screaming. <laughs> uh, Yo, <laughs> there he is. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd be maybe I'd be a guy with like a maybe I'd be the type of action figure that came with like a vehicle, like a like a like a bike or something like that. Yeah, sure. I, think, I think it'd be like a vehicle. I think that that would fit the cat. A Segway. I think, I I think you come like, with a Segway. I think you come <laughs> a really fast Segway. <laughs> Because, you know, they would, G.I. Joe tried to modernize and stay with the times, but they're always like a little bit, you know, <laughs> behind. So totally, you're on like a Segway with a light up hat. <laughs> I love this character. <laughs> I like to imagine the, the guys that showed up late into the game in G.I. Joe and they showed up at the requisitions officer's office. Yeah. And they're like, all right, here's your outfit. Right. Uh, whoever. And it's like yeah. bright pink right. or it's like, it looks like an alien, an alien's <laughs> outfit. Like, oh, and by the way, um, you got assigned to Battle Force 2000. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you got to be in Battle Force 2000. <laughs> Live with it, man. Like, you're you're an eco warrior. Uh, okay? I don't want to be an eco warrior. <laughs> ah, oh, no. It. Fuck the segue. They got to give you something <laughs> that only Tiger works. Force? Tiger Force. They yes. Get, yes. You, they, they give you a vehicle that only works in a very specific area. So you have like a ski do or something. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're very effective. So let me get this straight. I have a light up hat and I distract people in the water. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> Everyone knows the high seas is where espionage happens. We're G.I. Joe partner. We're extremely specialized here. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, G.I. Joe got, got more and more specialized. As oh, the, yeah. As it went on. It like, really, just under a microscope. We need a guy to do this one thing, and only this one thing right now. <laughs> you know? I, I, I like thinking about uh, Joe Patrick's scenario there of showing up at the requisitions officer. And so I like to think of Chuckles as the one who showed up. And it was going to be assigned to Battle Force 2000 and was like, fuck it, I'm wearing my civvy. <laughs> right, yeah, like, yeah, all right, right. Not, not wearing that. Screw yes. it. <laughs> Hawaii, Hawaii shirt. And I, I That's what you got. My, my favorite example of, uh, like, certainly there were, like, bizarre 90s, you know, neon designs that were stupid for military. Sure. But my favorite, my favorite example of uh, bizarre thematic G.I. Joe costume designed uh, is a character named Hardball who wore a baseball uniform. <laughs> like literally oh, a yeah. baseball cap and yeah. a jersey. Yeah. And he had a grenade launcher that shot explosive baseballs. Sure. It's like, yeah, come yeah, on, man. When you've got an unlimited budget and you're <laughs> as creative as the WWE with your character, I mean, why wouldn't you have exploding oh, baseballs? Man. <laughs> all, the, all, the money, all the money that Trump wants to throw into uh, upping our nuclear arsenal, it's like, if we're going to spend that money on the military, let's, let's not get more nukes. Let's get creative. That's what I'm saying. Oh, please. Super soldiers. If, if we want to move $12 billion into the creation of G.I. Joe, 
I'm fine with it. Okay. <laughs> totally. I'm willing, and I'm willing. Way, to, a good way to I'm like even willing like to overlook some horrible yeah. shit that he's done. If we're gonna build GI Joe, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Cat nerd, thank you for your call. You saved the show as you. No did. problem. I appreciate it. Super, super fun talking about GI Joe with you guys. <laughs> See you, buddy. Guys. Talk to you later. Thank you for calling THN Cover to Cover Caller. Who it is? It's Allison. Allison, how are you? Allison York, longtime listener, one time caller. Only. <laughs> wow <laughs> what do you want to rap about today allison oh i was gonna ask how you're liking the adventure zone i love the adventure zone yes how far in are you i am about 10 episodes in oh good yeah you, the, the first the first story arc it started a little rocky is is fine but it's like it's legitimately like right out of a module. Yeah, definitely. Um, I even know which one they're playing. Yeah. And once they go to the moon, for the, that's where he starts doing his own thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Shit is just getting, starting to get really Oh, so weird. you're on the train. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so you're arc. on the Rockport limited. I, love I think that that's arc. my favorite one. I, I think, think that's it's like my their favorite. Top, like comedic. <laughs> yeah. Then they start taking themselves more seriously and the story gets better. Yeah. But it, I feel like that's like the perfect balance between story and like comedy. <laughs> I totally admit I felt like when it first started, I was like, uh, I mean, I guess I'm just mowing the lawn. What the hell? I'll listen to this. And it wasn't doing much for me. But about episode four, I kind of fell in love with the interactions between dad and taco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like dad god bless him is doing his best to keep this game moving right. <laughs> you know? and, and taco just i'm wants always to concerned about around. how shitty they treat their dad oh, but it's I, true it's an it's a running joke that persists yeah. still today because yeah. i just listened to the the most recent uh the most recent couple of live shows uh oh yeah oh i was at the austin live show i got to go to oh, it oh cool <laughs> Oh, yeah. wait, which one was the Austin one? Was that the high school that was one? The, the, the high school one. So good. I'm nowhere near there. Yeah, the yeah. live, the live. Uh, it's okay. They're all like one off. So like, yeah, they're even separate. if you talk about it, it has oh, nothing okay. to do with a story. Okay. Um, yeah, and they're like still bagging on Clint and it's sort of hilarious. Well, I mean, like as a kid that made fun of his dad and continues to every day, I like yeah. I totally get it. And their it. dad makes bad jokes. Yeah, they, no, he they loves need it. to he call him it. out. And also he's bad at Dungeons and Dragons. And he's he, bad at Dungeons and Dragons. He's just like he, the the dude forgets from from session to session like what a D20 is. Right. Um That's I mean that's true. I mean, he's a a horrible cleric. He's yeah. not a good cleric. No, I will say that. <laughs> uh, and man. they constantly point it out. They're like, well, you could do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. Uh, Allison, have you uh, listened to the most recent episode? I did. I, I always enjoy the character building ones. It seems like they're super self-conscious about it being boring for their listeners. But yeah, I like when they're like creating the characters and coming up with their backstories. Although Griffin seems like very defensive about like anyone like having anything to say about his character. I thought that exact same thing. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like just because Travis's character thinks your character's a shithead doesn't make it true. It just means that's what he thinks. And that's, that's compelling. That's just good storytelling. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. As someone with like two older sisters, I guess I like can understand the dynamic. <laughs> yeah, right. If I was like in his shoes and my older sibling was being like that, I'd be like, no, that's, you can't be like that. Right. And also his first time getting to play a character. Uh, yeah. You know, he's, he's pretty defensive about it. So they've, for Matt's benefit, they, they finished the arc. Okay. Uh, the, the, 
all the stuff that you're listening to right. is one long mega arc that lasts all the way to the 69th episode. Does Taco create the taco? You can spoil. No it. spoilers. I'm uh, not going to tell you okay, about okay, tacos. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and so like after three years, they're like, we did it. Um, and now they're going to do like a couple of short adventures in different different game systems oh, to okay. try to get a feel for what they want to do for their next long arc. Cool. And the one that they just started is superheroes. And dad's yeah, running, I think dad's they're running the like game. The, oh. the fate system, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yep. Fate? Fate, yeah, the fate yeah. game system. I don't know. I don't know. That game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that familiar with role-playing games. There's so. like a, a cool tabletop. I know that Matt doesn't like Will Whedon, but there's a, a tabletop with Will Whedon, uh, Matt Fraxton, and Kelly Sudaconic, and some other person I don't know, and they play... Well, back up, um, back up. Like another thing like that. Joe Patrick is the one that talked all the Will Whedon shit. That was me. Yeah, not that me. was me. Oh, sorry. I did not That's talk okay. Will Whedon shit. I like. I'm okay sorry, with Will Whedon Joe, being a Joe little. Joe is sp- always so so nice. So whenever something negative is said, I See? assume it's you. Except for when Will Whedon or Max Landis comes up, I've and got then them Joe's all. Like, yeah. I've got them all fooled. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. Everyone's like, "Oh, Joe Patrick would never say something like that." Allison, you called <laughs> us back, and I love it because it lets others know that there are women that listen to our show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's like two more, maybe. I think there we have a total of four from what I've. From I know that Heather, Heather was watching the video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So ready to call in. Come on, Heather. What are you doing, That's Allison? Right. Thank you so much. It was good to talk to you again. Uh, good talking to you. I'll try and call next Saturday too. And I'll keep Sounds plugging great. away in Adventure Zone. I promise. <laughs> All right. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, we got an MP3 here from occasional guest host, Mister Wooly. Dude. Enough is enough. I'm done taking these piecemeal submissions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's been a long road getting here. They're like, you couldn't email it? Guess what you could do? Call us. <laughs> he tried to email it. His email wouldn't go through, so he sent it to me via yeah, a different method. No, he knows our phone number. It's not his fault. He's probably at work. Yo, toots! Being an old man with uh, graying hair, so he got salt and pepper hair, I'm called Silver Stallion, but it goes a little farther than just the hair color. Being too old to see actual action and fighting on the field, Silver Stallion stays home and does one thing, his main thing, which is to work on, repair, and upkeep the Silver Mirage motorcycle. (laughs) The whole fleet of them. you know, you got to shine them up, make sure the missiles are on there right, make sure the uh, in- incredibly huge gun is fully loaded and ready to go, and that that uh, silver back, flat back piece that the driver wears is is uh, properly outfitted and the straps are in good working order and stuff like that. Secondary military speciality of the Silver Stallion is simply back rubs. <laughs> so he's a bike mechanic and masseuse you gotta have a masseuse around yeah i mean i your back gets tight fighting cobra all day man yeah, you yeah. know and then like, say you're a heavy machine gunner say you're uh what's it road what roadblock say you're roadblock roadblock yeah body. pulling that thing around but if we know anything about roadblock is that he loves to give body massages he does or, or receive them 
No, he's like, who wants a body oh, massage? Oh, you're right. Both. <laughs> body massage. <laughs> but, but somebody's got to keep up the bikes, too. That's good. Yeah, it's true. Silver Stallion. I thought he said he was, he was going to say that he has a comically large, you know, like, comically large wiener. Okay, horse size. You mean a penis, Matt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't believe how embarrassed you were to even say it. I Well, you know, I don't know why I'm trying to keep this show clean. Too hot for THN. Yeah. Thank you, toots. That's a well thought out. I can picture him and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. I, I can't stop picturing it. <laughs> Joe Patrick. I find you hard to care about sometimes. I get it. No one is calling, so let's talk about our G.I. Joe code name, our primary and secondary military specialties. Well, you know, I did not take this question very seriously. I actually already answered it on the fan page. Well, answer it again. Um, my G.I. Joe code name is Fart Hammer. Fart Hammer. Oh, okay. <laughs> And my primary military specialty is hammering farts. Oh, all right. Obviously. Can you define that for me real quick? Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I'm in a top secret. For those who don't know. Anti-terrorist organization. I feel like, out. you know. Like, is there a, do you have a nemesis that it's, farts? <laughs> it's need to know, okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then my secondary military specialty is infantry. Because oh. everybody's secondary yeah, military yeah, yeah. specialty infantry. is infantry. Yeah, well, I mean, isn't that what they do? <laughs> like, know, almost every G.I. Joe member's their, their secondary specialty is infantry. Right. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was such a fun question. Okay, what's your outfit look like? Like, what, what kind of character are you? Oh, gosh, I didn't even think about it. See, come on. Mm, I went all the way. With I fell down. I didn't, I didn't design him. Okay, well, back in the day, my favorite G.I. Joe figures came with animals. Whether it was snake eyes, yeah. with a dog, or like Mutton Jeff, yeah, or uh, <laughs> that was not her <laughs> it was Junkyard, yeah, and Junkyard uh, had Mutt his, and Junkyard, and Mutt was his dog, and then you had uh, Junkyard was the dog, or Mutt was the dog, Mutt was the dog, okay, and Junkyard was the the guy, uh, Law and Order, Law and Order, that was another dog the combo, MP, yeah. What was the name of the Indian guy that came with the eagle? Spirit, Spirit. And he gave the falcon, not an eagle. He had a falcon, I think. No, it was an eagle. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah, it was like a bald eagle. Okay, in that, in that spirit, no pun intended. I want shipwreck came with a parrot. Shipwreck came with a parrot. I would be GI Joe animal trainer. Yeah. My name is Wild Horse. <laughs> okay. I am shirtless. <laughs> I wear a giant Indian headdress. Okay. I am not Native American. It's getting racist. But I really, really like Native American culture. So my face is painted. I make all these really bad in Native American Indian like sort of dialogue, even though I'm a white guy. My first specialty is animal training. So I come with a dog, an owl, a falcon, a horse, like I have a, a parade of animals to follow me. And my secondary uh, combat specialty is the co-option of Native American culture. <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> wow. My name is Matt Bomb, a.k.a. Wild Horse. Wild Horse. <laughs> That's something. It is an offensive action figure that would be pulled almost immediately. Yeah, right. And then it would pop on, pop up on eBay and be worth a shitload. <laughs> right. Yeah, you better hope you got one. Oh, man. <laughs> Everyone, every kid's going to want a Wild Horse for totally, Christmas. Totally, totally. All right. Enough of this garbage. I want to thank everybody that called in. All, like, two or three of you. What the hell? Don't be afraid. I know some of you are watching. Well, you know, it's a rainy day. Uh, we had some technical shit. That's true. Thanks to the MP3s we got. Uh, and if you want to send us one, you can always hit us at 2 nerd at gmail.com. You can call us, just like I said, at 402-819-4894 and leave a message anytime during the week, and we will play it on this show. Or you can call us live from 11 to 1230 Central Standard Time. But before we go, let's set them up with next week's 
question of the week. Is it in the script? It is in the script. I did everything I was supposed to do this week. Thank you, Matt. Good job. You're welcome. I'm a hardworking dog. You are. The new question of the week comes from the Ziggurat Comptroller and last week's guest host, Wooly Toots, via the THN forums. Remember the THN forums? Yeah. We talk a lot about the THN fan page these days, which is great and everything, but look, guys. The forums is where the real THN shit happens. THN forums is still the place to be. Oh, yeah. Toots asks, I just recently reread Walt Simonson's run on Thor, issue number 380. <laughs> issue 380 is the battle between Thor and the Midgard Serpent. The issue is entirely made of splash pages. Yeah. So, what is your favorite or most memorable comic book splash page? Oh, that's a great one. I like it. Jesus, I'm really going to have to think. Best splash page. For those of you who don't know a splash page, it's either a one-page or a two-page giant picture. Nothing else happening. Yep. No, no frames, just boom, splash on the page. Excelsior! Oh. Nerds, that is it for THN, episode 464. If you dig comic podcasts that desperately try and fill dead air, you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. THN is a listener-supported podcast, and we want to send a kaiju-sized thanks to everyone that supports the show on PayPal and Patreon. Kaiju! Excuse me. <laughs> Without you, nerds, we don't have the cash to uh, pay for our... Vats of XO7 compound. Oh, man. Our, our treatment for our exposure to the XO7 compound. I mean, that stuff's dangerous, Joe. And you're addicted uh, to it. Okay? Tell that to the arm it's, I just cut off. Because I feel great. It's time you admit you have a problem. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Occasional Love Slave and designer of the Uncaged card game. We were just talking about that a couple weeks ago. Charlie Tron 3000. He convinced some poor girl to marry him. Her name is Emily, and they are engaged. It happened just last week. Word to you, crazy kids. Charlie, I am so happy you finally kissed a girl. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> and word to you. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just show up on your doorstep and kiss your girl. Or boy. Whoever. Yeah. Like, Matt's down for anything. Yeah. And retailers, we don't judge you. We're, no matter your sexual preference, this is a safe spot. The cigarette, safe place. Is it? Not the safest of places, no. I mean, but a <laughs> relatively safe space. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>